in my home, hush is a word, a key word. The strongest word may be when a child cries for hunger and the father never made it back from the farm, we say hush baby, die without crying, can you try? We run home cells here, come pray for peace and pay a token for your prayers. Come let's check if your farm is rid of headsmen, come let's see if your child who's gone missing in the war will return. But so I see it while doing that. We run special services. A mother packaging her wrinkled overused bag swell, parading the street in overly made makeup, seeking a plea. A child destiny lies in a mother's hand. In my home, we toast to garage each night and discuss our friends massacred in light misunderstandings, like they are savory barbecued suya for our meatless meals. We hold hands to bid good night. Shed tears like it is the last supper, and wake each morning elated. The rapture has finally been delayed a little more. Dear child, you must learn to wrap this history in your palms, as you place those palms on your cheeks, watching vaguely. As you sit by the solitary doorway of your desolate house, you should know that this is what the mothers before your mothers did too. Zambo killed your father, but his father was killed by another. Shh. Why would you tell the world you saw Yai Veji dashing her twin kid to the forest as she ran for her life? Never make the world doubt the love of a mother for her children. She is better than Mama Richard who wears hijab and performs ablution whenever she sees cutlass. Terra is a fanatic that has no religion. Should you see him dancing lightly in your vicinity, close your eyes and dream of a world that cannot exist. So when he takes you with him like he has many millions before you, you'll be as a bride riding a white horse to meet her husband at the colorless gate of heaven, I mean, at the golden gate of heaven. Voices of the unheard, stories untold, the blamed, the affected, not your everyday celebrities. This is all our lives. Imagine you wake up one day on a very good morning of the second day of a new year. Good despite that it is in a leather house at the RDP. Imagine again that you cooked, bathed your kids, and had the whole day filled with fun and that kind of happiness that comes from your idle chit-chat with that neighbor of yours. That kind of happiness from stealing stories of survivor and telling one another. Then imagine that all of a sudden, one of your children who had been with you through all this so long a journey just disappear, just like that. No trace, no clues, no message. Okay, now stop imagining for a bit and listen to Angelina Oduga as she tells us stories of how her daughter, Dorisi, went missing at the IDP and never found again. You're listening to All Our Lives Podcast, Episode 5. Yeah, I'm Angelina. Angelina. Oduga. God's sake, Kenny. Yeah, I'm Louvain, you're so good. 
Her name is Angelina Oduga. According to her, she came to the camp from Sierra Kenya, a Goma local government. They were driven by men from their homes. That's why they are here now, not because they really wanted to be here. She's here simply because she doesn't want to become miserable. Her husband's late even before the crisis began. She could only hope she had a husband now. She felt she would be better and not this miserable. And those trying experiences of the camp started with one of her female child crippled. She was fine, very fine, but all of a sudden one day she woke up and um, couldn't work anymore. Now they have to carry her to do everything, to use the toilet, to eat, and her leg just became wobbly and useless. <laughs> According to her, she originally came with six children, one now almost useless, one a 16-year-old girl now married, and the other now missing. About the missing child, Dora say, in the early evenings of January 2nd, she bade her children 
sat them on a mat outside close to the tripod fire because it was quite cold at the camp that the night. And there were other children there too. Then she went inside to get her torchlight. And by the time she came back, she couldn't find Dovese anymore. And she asked everyone around there if they had seen her, three-year-old girl, but no one had seen her anywhere around. And then the search for Dovese began. She immediately informed her brother-in-law in town, who became quite disturbed and came to the IDP. They informed the police about it, and the search for Dovese began. They searched everywhere, asked the vigilante group, fellow refugees, villagers, police, Wala Wasala Wenumuta Ayulitia. Oh, gee, yes, a pay younger symbol he gives a guia. Kang man of telling. Yang Zam the Walloon. Membaba Wango Sane Unamon de Singular, Wana Saga. I never want to kill no one up a son. May I want to linger. Simo, she covers here, did you call one? She officey. Found by the vigilante group who come and she will go there to see if it was her daughter. And none of them ever were her daughter. Such news kept coming and it, it wouldn't be Dorese. Was it a, a, a child that gone straight? Or another unfortunate child? And then there was more search and there was no result. She said she cannot say precisely what has happened to her child. But she thinks that maybe one of the cultist group around has gotten her.
chicken not too sure. Hi. And as for the hope of getting her child back, she sincerely did not express any. Yeah. Meya However, she would wish more than anything to get help, any kind of help at all she could get. She would be happy if the government sends the police to aid the search for a child. And she felt she would be really happy as well if the chairman and the secretary of the camp and other stakeholders really do a lot more to find her child. So there are cases of children who had gone missing and this is not the first or the second or even the third. And every day, there are so many cases of that. Children who just went missing and then nobody heard from them anymore and nothing has been done. And what's even more painful is knowing that somehow, under the most circumstances and supervision, this condition could be averted. The infections that could make a child's leg go wobbly and useless forever could be cured. But no, this is not part of the effort to end the war. We have deployed soldiers to Sambisa Forest and those villages troubled by headsmen and terrorists. But who? Who sent soldiers to cure our children of avoidable ills? What soldiers can secure our children from getting missing every day and never found? Being used by cultists and ritualists? What soldiers can keep us from dying of hopelessness and excess grief torn bitter greed. If you ask me right now if I am bitter, I'll say yes. If you ask me if I hate my leaders right now, God, I'll say yes. And if you ask me what hope I see now for fatherland, I'll tell you that all I see is darkness. Believe me, a part of me wants to go up, become rich and influential and take revenge. I am bitter that there's so many children will not make it to adulthood or make it eternally scarred, scarred with heartlessness and fear and illiteracy. I am bitter because we are currently creating tools of mass destruction, and I am most bitter because despite my education, some biases cannot leave my mind because of what I have seen and experienced. Yes, I know. I know how the motivation are say it. 
Forget your past. Move on. Do not look back to what has happened to you. But how do you do that when everything around you mirrors your past? The exact replica or worst of your nightmares. I don't have to do much to know if you have the tendency to become a terrorist. All I need ask you is if you have the word revenge in your dictionary at any point in time. What makes a man a terrorist is not just indoctrinations. This is enough. This situation is enough to let someone lose their sanity. No, you cannot have sent children out of here. So each weekend I find myself traveling from Makodi to Kuma. It's like I am traveling back to get a childhood I did not have. It's like somehow I find a piece of myself scattered in each kid out there. It's like I am replaying my worst nightmares over again. Terrorism in Nigeria cannot end any time soon. It is no longer just about the headsmen or armed bandits or militias or even Boko Haram. Terrorism is when you have children in their millions who are depressed, aggrieved, cut short of living and blooming, hopeless and forever settled for a strong bias. It is when you have fathers who, though the villages are free again, cannot go back there because nightmares of death haunt them. And most importantly, terrorism is when uncivilized, untaught, and undeserving politicians leverage these new biases to suit their campaigns and cause unnecessary hatred between tribes, people, and religion. And yes, unfortunately for us here, it's always end in religion crisis. Me thinks there is no worse form of terrorism than this. The amount of people who die from the effect of war far outnumbers the ones that die in the crisis themselves. So while media rampage on about numbers of death trolls, how about we start numbering those who had to die trying to live through the debris? So if you're still seated in your comfort zone praying those heartfelt prayers, which is good, do well to stand up against these things. How about you start by making sure that no child around you is maltreated and that you do everything in your power to give an unbiased education to your child? How about you send support and consolations to your friends and families affected instead of telling them to move from where their life and living is whenever they complain to you? I hope you remember that. Once upon a time, Zamfara was once upon some years back on comfort zone. And so is Benue State, and so is Bruno State, so is just Plateau State, and so is every other place that now have a lot of IDPs that cannot be controlled by the government. This is all our lives. Now I'm Monsieur Joe.